Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. What's up, Montana? Thanks so much for kicking it with us here on Nuanas Now on your Wednesday. I'm Coulter Nuanas, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio with my good buddy, good friend of this show, Sean Rainey. We do this together each Wednesday. We also do it, I do it, each Monday through Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN, as well as SWX Montana Television all the way around the great state of Montana. Missed anything in the first hour? Fun first hour, Noah Borchard. He's a recently graduated senior from Huntley Project, one of the great athletes in the state of Montana. He joined us as part of our Senior Spotlight Series, where we highlight half a dozen of the best male and half a dozen of the best female athletes from around the state of Montana. Noah Borchard taking his talents to Colorado to run track and field for the Colorado Buffs in the Pac-12. Also had some trivia and talk some name, image, and likeness. Want to find anything in the first hour of the show, you can find it in the podcast. Podcast proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sports Bet Montana. It's a Wednesday, so that means it's time now for our ESPN Roundtable. So we go to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line and welcome in Sean Heron. He's the new strength and conditioning coach for the Montana State football team at MSU. Sean, thanks so much for joining us, man. How you doing? Hey, 
Are you there? Sorry. <laughs> you got me? I got you, Shad. How you doing, my man? There we go. I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me, man. Uh, of course, man. So uh, you certainly don't remember me, but I certainly remember you. You were a great older than I was in high school. I played uh, Missoula Big Scouts, an offensive lineman and middle linebacker. But I remember thinking you were one of the scariest running backs in all of Class AA when we first started going against each other. So mad props 15 years later here. But let's start there. The fact that you were a great athlete at Helena Hyde. I remember playing basketball against you as well. And uh, then went on to have a great career at Carroll College as well, three national championships. Now here you are full circle, back in the state of Montana, now back in college athletics for the first time as the strength and conditioning coach at MSU for the football program. How do you think that that early athletic success sort of set the table for you here as now uh, you're part of the Bobcat football program moving forward? Yeah, well, first off, you don't have to tell so many lies. You know, again, it's a good lead-in, but uh, (laughs) um, I think – I uh, I do appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it's been a little while. I, I think just my experience as an athlete, you know, I, I always tell everybody that I was very fortunate to have great great coaches growing up, um, you know, and, and I just the impact that they had on my life and, and the things that I was able to achieve because people believed in me, people pushed me, people, you know, kept me humble. And I think that's what ultimately, like, led me towards the, the coaching career path and I just fell in love with the training aspect uh I mean at an early age like sixth grade I just I I loved seeing the results and seeing it translate to whatever sport I was playing in and realizing that like if you want to be great you got to put in some work and and I think that's kind of what's led me to uh to the career that I'm in and obviously I'm fortunate and I'm glad to be back in Montana and be able to hopefully deliver some of those same services that I got to the athletes that I'm of service to now at Montana State. Well, there's no question that it was very clear uh, back in your playing days that you loved to work out because uh, you had some good muscles for sure. But you mentioned, the, you mentioned the coaches, though, man. That's one of the parts of your resume that sticks out so much because, I mean, Steve Keller is certainly going to be a Hall of Famer by the time his career is all said and done. He was an outstanding basketball coach at Helena High for both the boys and the girls and then has been had great success in the Frontier Conference at both Montana Western and, and Great Falls, now the University of Providence. I mean, Troy, uh, Tony Arston is one of the great double-A coaches of his generation uh, in the, for the football program at Helena High. And then, of course, Mike Van Deest, one of the greatest coaches, period, that Montana has ever yeah. seen. So uh, what did you take from those guys? Because those, those are three pretty big-time influences for a young guy. Yeah, you know, I, I think you could you could take a lot from all three of them. I think, uh, you know, the the biggest thing is just building relationships and and doing a good job of understanding that you know we as athletes and the athletes that I deal with are people first, and so um, and that's part of this that's part of this deal where if you're going to try to get an athlete to to push and take themselves to a place that they've never been before or that they're uncomfortable going, they got to trust you. And so I'd say that's probably the first thing is just realizing how important it is to develop a relationship with everybody that you're, that you're working with. Um, and also just, just understanding that like it takes hard work to achieve your goals. You know, I tell, we, I tell the guys all the time, like if you have big goals, you got to have big habits. And, uh, so uh, yeah, those those three coaches, you know, along with my father growing up was one of my coaches and I I just I I was very lucky to have such positive mentors in my life and I I only hope to be, you know, half the coach that any of those guys were and that I'll feel like I've I've done some good. So 
Hey, Sean. Uh, Sean Rainey here. Great first name. You, you sp- <laughs> spell it different, though, right? <laughs> you spell it weird, though. Uh, you know. Uh, what's, well, what's weird? I mean, I feel, I don't know. You, I, I'm an S-E-A-N guy. Yeah, I get the scene thing every now and then. But. Yeah, see, mine's, <laughs> the, I'm S-H-A-U-N. So. Oh, you got, like, the, like, the, the Sean Alexander. He's, like, the, yeah. the popular guy, right? He, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. Anyways, I'm um, always curious when... We have, you know, Montana natives that end up getting jobs at Montana or Montana State and curious on if they grew up in a in a Grizz or a Cats household because sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, I was a big Grizz fan growing up and now I work for Montana State and, you know, those kind of stories. So do you – Helena's kind of neutral. So did you grow up uh, Cats or Grizz or leaning a certain way with the family? You know, actually, I didn't. Uh, honestly, I did not my, – my family was not – Cat or Chris fans, at least to my to my recollection. I mean, um, and obviously my time at Carroll made me. I was a Carroll fan. You know, obviously Montana was having a, a good run of success, and Montana State was turning it on. And and then I had some buddies that went and played at the University of Montana, and some buddies that went to Montana State. And so I, I've always been kind of neutral, to be honest. Um, and obviously that's not the case now. So, um, but yeah, no, not, not no. I didn't no bias growing up or anything like that. Well, I remember playing against those Helena High teams. Sean Heron, new uh, strength coach for Montana State football, joining us here on Nuanas now. It's our ESPN roundtable. I remember those Helena High teams when Mike Ferreter was playing quarterback. Dan Carpenter was probably more recognizable as a tight end than he was as a kicker, but went on to become one of the great kickers in Big Sky Conference history. But those two guys were are Grizzlies, so what do they think now, you being a Bobcat? Uh, you know, we're still friends. You know, I still stay in contact, uh, especially with Mike a little bit. Not not so much Dan as much anymore, but, you know, we, we – it, it, it was uh, two, three years ago. It was tough because Mike was still was on the University of Montana staff, and right. I think it was Coach Stitz last year. And it, you know, it's it's kind of bittersweet when you, you beat them and then you go, oh, "Crap, what's 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 how's that going <laughs> to affect his job?" <laughs> but no, everything is good. We're we're all competitive guys, and you know, we we understand that you got to fight for the brand, right? Ride for the brand, and that's that's what I'm doing. So. Well, it's also impossible to stay in touch with Carpenter because he lives basically at the end of the world in some town by Plentywood. So he, I actually was with Dan. Yeah, that's, yeah. I was with Dan last weekend for the Montana <laughs> Football Hall of Fame, and, and I was saying, how do I get a hold of you? And he's like, man, you don't. He's like, I don't have a cell phone. I don't want one. It's all good. So <laughs> we were happy to have Dan <laughs> there at the, at the banquet with us, though. But, Sean, talk to us about that element because you mentioned uh, the, the fact that you were working with Montana State football um, for basically the duration of Jeff Choate's tenure there at MSU, but now oh, not not under really the athletic department umbrella. You were working at the Pit, uh, which is founded by Dane Fletcher, great Montana State Bobcat once upon a time, and then a, a guy who played in the NFL for uh, a lengthy amount of time as well, most famously for the New England Patriots. Uh, but when you were doing that, uh, sort of that work in the private sector, your last work in the private sector, how did that relationship work where you were sort of this liaison and this contributing strength coach to the Bobcat football program? Yeah, well, essentially, you know, I, I had spent my whole career kind of being a football guy, but being a football guy in the private sector. So, you know, doing combine prep, working with NFL veterans at different various facilities out in Southern California. And so I've always been a football guy. And then coming back and obviously working for Dane, who's a football guy, we, we both really wanted to help the Montana State football program. And so that was kind of our, you know, our approach with, with Coach Cho was like, hey, what we have this knowledge and we have this resource. How can we help? And so that kind of fostered into essentially, you know, essentially a consulting 
job for myself where I was kind of an extension of the strength staff with Coach Wilcox. And, and, and we had a great relationship where, you know, I essentially was handling kind of the speed and agility portion along with the recovery tracking and regeneration stuff. And so, yeah, I've been, I, I was very fortunate to, you know, one, coming into this role, I, I've developed relationships with the guys where, you know, you don't have to, there's not as much of that time that you need to just build trust. I, I kind of had that, which, which I feel very, very grateful and fortunate to have gotten to do that. And, and also see the program grow and, and know where it's heading and continue to build on, on uh, you know, where we left this thing off in 2019. Sean, is there a difference on being a strength coach at the college level compared to if you're a strength coach for a high school team, a, a pro team? You know, are, are there differences as far as how you kind of approach things or is, hey, training and lifting is training and lifting? Oh, I mean, there's definitely a difference. I think, you know, at, at the college level, one of the elements is you just have to, one, you have to understand what is your football team's tactical strategy, their style of play. You know, do they want to be a fast-paced offense? Are they going to be no huddle? Are we going to be, you know, a, a run-heavy offense? So then you understand, okay, what are the what are the strength qualities, the power qualities, the speed qualities that you need the guys to have in order to be successful in that system. And so I think it varies everywhere you go, no matter what, you know, it could be one college job to the other, one high school job to the other, but you have to learn that element of it, which I don't think a lot of people understand. And then there's also, you know, you got to deal with, you know, injury history of in, of every individual guy you got so that you're, you're making modifications. We don't all start in the same place. We don't, we can't all do the same things. And so you have to be very good about adapting. That's one of the things we always talk about as strength coaches is like, you know, 90% of the job is adapting and being able to operate in chaos. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'd say that's probably a big element of the job that a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, like what's an example of that? Like with obviously Montana State's been kind of like a run-heavy offense. So like how do you... Kind of like. They've been the best. They've been yeah, exactly. the team that runs the ball the best of the big sky covers. That was a run first, run second, run early, run often, right? Yeah, so like what? Yeah, what's yeah. like an, an example of like, oh yeah, this is what we did to kind of cater towards that offense as far as strength or maybe uh, even just like, you know, diet, things like that, you know? Yeah, well, so you look, you you know, obviously you look at if you're if you're if you're really focusing on the run game, you got to look up front first, right? Okay, we got to have big, powerful, strong, dominating offensive linemen, and you know, and so yeah, you want your offensive linemen to be athletic and fast, but if you got the goal is to keep the goal the goal, so that's first and foremost is just understanding where it all starts, and so it does start with the offensive line, but it's also just a it's a mindset too, right? It's a, it's, it's a toughness, a grittiness to you. Um, we talk a lot about being disciplined and doing the right thing all the time and, and, and being willing to go do the things that nobody else wants to do. Cause you're, you're tough enough to handle what that unknown space is and, and what uncomfortable feels like. And so, you know, I think the training obviously changes, you know, our big guys do a little bit different stuff than our, skills and our semis to, to make sure that we're matching those qualities and we're meeting those needs of the staff. But I guess that would be an example of, of kind of what goes into the daily thought process and the overall plan. Sean Heron join us. He's the Montana State football team strength and conditioning coach, been on the job since December of 2020 full-time, but has been working with Bobcat football for the last handful of years, most of the Jeff Choate era at MSU. And that's an interesting fold of this whole thing, Sean, is I think that the 
the, the culture that exists within a weight room, you know, sort of going to war when you're in the weight room and, and the, the internal competition and how that sort of stratifies itself, especially at the Montana schools where so often these guys that are partial or no scholarship type guys can really make a name for themselves as walk-ons. And a lot of times that first and foremost starts in the weight room. So just that internal competition, that cultivation of culture that then helps build toughness that then translates onto the football field. How are you going about approaching that? And how has that been maybe accelerated a little bit now that you're full-time on the job working for the athletic department at MSU? Yeah, I mean, I, I think first and foremost, it starts with the players. You know, we always talked about it as a player-led program. And so understanding that the leadership, the main leadership has to come from within the the players. You know, it starts with your captains, but it extends beyond that to the guys who have who've been around your veterans, your older guys who understand what it's like to go from ground zero to where we're at now. And so, um, and, and, and a big part of that is getting those guys on board and getting those guys comfortable with leading and, you know, holding their teammates accountable, saying the difficult things, right? Not being afraid of confrontation and, but also at the same time, teaching them how to good, how to be good teammates, you know, how to have empathy, how to, how to be able to, calm the situation because it is a competitive environment, right? Football is one of the most competitive environments you can be in. And there's, there's always egos involved. And, and I think one of the hardest things for football guys to do is to be able to, you know, kind of hit pause, take a breath, analyze the situation as opposed to just have that automatic response. And so we talk about those things on a daily basis um, where number one, it's being self-disciplined, right? It's, it's, if I mess up, if I, if I if I missed a small detail that I, I raised my hand and, I, hey, I messed up, let's, re, let's run it back. Let's do it again. That's number one. And then number two is if that doesn't happen, ultimately, if that doesn't happen and one of your teammates sees it, step two would be they call you out. They hold you accountable. Um, and so literally the, everything that we do from the warm-up to the speed work to, you know, how we stretch, you know, just paying attention to the details and holding ourselves accountable and being disciplined and being able to lock in to what the instructions are and why it's important and how those, that translates to the game of football because the game of football is chaotic and there's a lot of information that's being passed to you in a very, very quick, you know, hectic environment. And you've got to be able to process that information and then quickly go out there and make decisions. So it's all about being focused and paying attention to the small things. What is the the silliest workout that you've had guys do? Cause a lot of times, like when you're training, like you got to mix it up. You got to have some fun. Like I've, we've seen some videos from that Montana state has posted, like carrying logs and teammates and, and this and that. So you're going to have to come up with ways to like keep it new and fresh and keep the guys um, entertained and also getting, getting them uncomfortable, which is what you kind of mentioned earlier. But what's kind of like the thing where you're kind of trying to think of maybe some workouts. You're like, okay, this might be a little silly, but Hey, we're going to, we're going to roll with it. Cause it's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess it depends on what your definition of silly is. I mean, my definition of fun is definitely probably not our guy's definition of fun. You know, I think that running Pete's Hill, using using the the resources of Bozeman is something that I I try to do. Um, we've done some stuff where we go out to to Bozeman Beach and we use the sand pit there and and hit some conditioning and agility stuff there. We've you know, we, we, Pete's Hill has become a, a very common hill that the guys do not want to talk about or do not want to hear about anymore. So we just did <laughs> that kind of to close, uh, to, to head into the 4th of July weekend. Um, but we do, you know, we do some small-sided game stuff where, you know, we set rules and boundaries, and it's a, whether it's a one-on-one competition, two-on-two, one versus two, 
Um, just small-sided games that keep it fun and competitive, but also they understand why we're doing what we're doing. And, you know, it's, it's being able to react against an opponent and, but also being able to compete and have a little bit of verbal combat when you, when you put a guy in his place and you win that competition. And so I would say, yeah, we don't do anything crazy silly, but we definitely think out of the box in terms of, yeah, do we always need to be holding a barbell or a dumbbell or, or throwing a medicine ball? We try to use our resources around town to, to get these guys doing something that they're not comfortable doing. Sean Heron join us. He's the Montana State Strength and Conditioning Coach for the football program. It's our ESPN Roundtable presented proudly by Paradise Falls in Missoula. You need a place to watch the NBA playoffs. You want to check out the NHL playoffs. Whatever you need in your life, Paradise Falls got you covered. They got 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, as well as Sports Bet Montana kiosks if you're into the sports gambling as well. They're open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So head on down to 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls. Missoula's coolest hotspot. And Sean, you mentioned the fact that uh, you, you sort of cater to the football program's philosophies in terms of what they want to do, the style they want to play, the identity they would like to encompass. And Jeff Choate, I thought, had Montana State on the rise, one of the number one factors because he had such a defined identity. The Bobcats wanted to get into a physical, punch-you-in-the-mouth type game. They want to run the ball down your throat, play hard defense, and uh, that was reflected then in the personnel and, and the guys that they would line up. I thought Montana State... Physically, their defense in 2019 was as imposing. They won the pregame as much as anybody uh, in the entire conference and one of the better teams in the country in that element. But now with a new head coach, Brent Vegan, and a largely new coaching staff as well, how does that catering to those philosophies change for Bobcat football? You know, I wouldn't say it's changed a whole lot in terms of, especially on the defensive side of the ball, I think that's that's always going to be a staple. We're always going to be a hard-nosed, tough-minded defense, in-your-face, run-to-the-ball, swarm-type defense. I think in terms of the offense, you know, Coach Vegan's got a lot more experience in terms of developing quarterbacks, and so that's been a little bit of a change where we've, you know, I've like our offensive linemen have had to do a lot more pass setting than they've done in a while, and it's been good for those guys to, you know, basically fill the empty buckets. And not to say that they didn't do that stuff before, but the volume of that was obviously a lot less. And so I think it's been pretty invigorating for especially the offensive side of the ball for them to kind of, you know, really attack. I wouldn't say it was a weakness. It's just, you know, it just wasn't, it was, it was not the same in terms of our offensive philosophy. And so that, that change has been very good for the offensive side of the ball. And it's been, it's been awesome for me to watch, um, you know, cause over the years we, we've, we've seen the, we've, we've had to plug and play a few quarterbacks and it's, it's been nice to see some, some quarterback development, see our offensive linemen getting some good pass sets. And we're still going to run the ball. I mean, there's no question about that, but I think it's good to kind of, make our athletes on offense a lot more well-rounded. How, how do you, like, for anyone that's, that's played and gone through, you know, hell weeks or this or that, you know, you're out there training you're, and you're pushing the athletes, you end up, you know, puking, things like that. But how do you, you know, we've heard of like some, tr- you know, tragic stories of, of guys, you know, um, passing away during workouts and things like that. How do you approach that as far as you want to push them as far as you can, but making sure everybody's, Safe, safe, and healthy, and 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 things like that. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think a lot of that stuff, you know, some stuff happens and happens for reasons unbeknownst to the to the coach that you know, whether it was a heat element or it was a deconditioned state of the athletes. Those, those events that you're talking about are very unfortunate. But yeah, I mean, there are times where we do push the guys, and and you know, I do expect them 
to to throw up and, and take themselves to that. Not now, it doesn't happen very often. So we got to be we have to be smart about that. Number one, and we also got to look at okay, what's the what's their training experience been leading up to the day that you're going to put them in that situation, right? Are have you physically prepared them to meet those demands? And a lot of the times, the guys are kind of like, oh, I don't know if like I don't know if I can do this, but we full. We fully, as a staff, know, like, yes, these guys are prepared for this. Yes, it's not going to feel comfortable. We're going to come out of it better. And so I, I think it's, there's, there's a lot of thought process that goes into that. And, you know, we're, we're fortunate here to be a, you know, it's been a hot summer. We, we, we're a morning training team, so we don't have to deal with the, the heat element as much. We, our guys get up early, and they're disciplined enough to go to bed early and, get, and wake up and be able to attack the day at 6 a.m. And so um, that's been a that's been a, a uh, focus and it's been a blessing, um, but you do still have to deal with the heat elements. You know, obviously, when you're in camp, you're in hot weather, and so giving the guys education on why it's important to be hydrated, why it's important to sleep, why it's important to, you know, the simple things, eat broccoli. You know, the things that everybody knows they're supposed to do. Like my job is to get the athletes to do it, and that's one of the harder jobs as a strength and conditioning coach is get people to do the things they know they're supposed to do. Because um, everybody likes to throw weight around. Not everybody likes to get eight hours of sleep or is disciplined enough to get eight hours of sleep and eat the right things that they need to be eating every time there's an opportunity to put something in their mouth. So, Sean Heron joining us. He's Montana State football strength and conditioning coach. And, Sean, there's two more for you here. One, I always find it uh, fascinating, the guy who – there's usually a guy or two, maybe three on each football team that sort of is is the guy that everybody's watching when he's lifting, the guy that that is, you know, the ungodly strength, the guy who's the strongest guy on the team, or, or when he does this specific lift, look how much he can throw around. I don't think I need to ask you who that guy is on Montana State. I'm just going to go ahead and make an assumption it's Chase Benson. I've seen videos of the guy power cleaning more than 400 pounds. I've never really seen that besides – other than Tristan Worfs, who was an offensive tackle at Iowa, who went on to become a first-round draft pick and a starter for the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's basically Chase Benson and Tristan Worfs in terms of power clean videos I've watched on the internet. So uh, just a guy like that that just puts his head down and grind. What's it been like working with him? Because it seems like that guy must be a strength coach's dream come true. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're throwing the, you're throwing the love at hell on a high way. I like I like this. Yeah, I Chase forget he's a, a hell on a high Chase guy too. Awesome that's right. Guy. Bengals I mean, represent. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just taking over this podcast, but um, he he's I mean, great guy. Obviously, super strong. I mean, freakishly strong. Uh, he's a KG veteran. He doesn't say a whole lot. Um, I wish he'd say more because uh, obviously he's garnished a, a bunch of respect from the guys. And uh, but he's I mean. With him, you know, being a cagey veteran and an older guy, it's almost kind of having to pull the reins back on him a little bit. Like, okay, hey, like we know we're, we know we're strong. We know we know you can do that. <laughs> right. You know, let's let's get you on the football field and let's like you let's let you take that anger out on an opponent and not not on the barbell all the time. And so, yeah, Chase has been awesome. I think you know I think there's a couple other guys that, that you'd be surprised. Daniel Hardy's been been crushing it this summer and. Uh, he he's another guy that's on the up and up, and I think he's been he's been throwing weight around and attacking it. And, and there's several other guys, but yeah, Chase has obviously been a a staple for us, and and he's like the epitome of what you want on defense, right? He's tough, he's gritty, he's hard nosed, he, he can he can fly around, he's strong in your face, and so yeah, I really really appreciate Chase's work over the years. I'm excited for his uh, his last year. 
Well, last question for you then, Sean. You, you mentioned there is some guys. So you have a, a first row, a front-hand perspective of this, just guys that have been really putting in the work in the offseason. So just give us a, a taste. Who are some of the guys that you expect to have elevated performances when fall camp opens and when fall ball rolls around uh, because of their work here in the offseason? Yeah, man, there's just so many guys. I mean, this team is just, I mean, they've been crushing the training. I, I think obviously we know that Isaiah Fonte is going to be going to be a force to be reckoned with and I think uh I think Lance McCutcheon the 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 hometown hero guy is going to be a guy that that uh you know kind of shocks the world a little bit and you know Matt McKay is a great quarterback I mean there's just so many guys Jeff Manning Kyle Cotta I mean we're we're a very very explosive team I'm really really excited uh for these guys Willie Patterson a wide receiver a guy who's kind of been you know slowly working his way through the depth chart and, and is now in a position to be successful and we've got some new guys that are joining the team and so um there's just so many guys that 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 I'm excited to watch and and you know I could list a lot of guys but I don't want to give away all our secrets <laughs> I love it. Well, Sean, thanks so much for spending so much time with us here on Nuanas. Now, we always love talking to the strength guys, man. It's, I think it's a fascinating element of college football. Certainly uh, the guy that spends the most time with the guy, with the players. So um, definitely a great perspective. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on ESPN Radio. And uh, be well, my man. I look forward to meeting you in person here down the road. Absolutely. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me. John Heron, Montana State Strength and Conditioning Coach for the Bobcat football team here on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. That was our ESPN roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Paradise Falls has breakfast, lunch, dinner, 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, an early and a late happy hour Sunday through Thursday. So go check them out, 3621 Brook Street. Paradise Falls, the proud sponsor of the ESPN roundtable. The match Treasure State Stars, and more here on Nuanas Now. Sean Rainey with me, Coulter Nuanas, back after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Are you going to go to this concert? I'm going to find uh, Is this Marshall Tucker Band? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Marshall Tucker Band reminds me so much of my old man. I got to go. My my good friend Kyle Sample loves the Marshall Tucker Band as well, so I'm sure we'll be, uh, be headed on down. How about you, Tom? Are you going to go? Absolutely. Love me some Marshall Tucker Band. Never heard of him. <laughs> Stop it. Dude, this guy hasn't even heard of Bruce Springsteen, so how is he possibly no, going to have heard, heard of, of I've heard Marshall of Tucker Band? Of course I've heard of Bruce Springsteen. You've heard this song, right? I don't think so. <laughs> Sean, usually I reserve this phrase for Coulter, but I'll throw it out to you. You and I are going to swing fists at him. <laughs> Come on. I mean, I don't know how you can be alive in America and not have heard this song, but regardless, uh, music reviews uh, featuring the DJ Tommy Evans and... Uh, 
the Know Nothing Sean Rainey with me, Coulter Nuanas. It's Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. SWX Montana TV. Broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studios. Excited to have those guys on board. Couldn't believe how pumped I was to have a little rejoin liner from Jay Buner, the bone. Tell him the bone sent you. Northwest Motorsport, they boast the largest inventory of trucks in the entire Pacific Northwest. Visit nwmsrocks.com to check out that great inventory. All right, Rain Man, give me all the deets. You were covering this on Twitter pretty darn good yesterday. Uh, yesterday in Big Sky, Montana, Moonlight Basin Golf Course, the Reserve, I believe, is what the course is officially called. The uh, fourth iteration of the match featuring Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau. The latter pair won the victory. I believe it took them 16 holes, right? Uh, before they were the match play winners. Yep. I only follow this on Twitter. I haven't watched any of it. Uh, I was getting feedback that the course was kind of eating those guys up a little bit at times. Dude, the course was brutal. So what would you what would you guess? So it's par 72. Yep. What would you guess the course record is? Well, I have to say that I already you saw uh, I already saw your tweet. Does Tommy says, Does Tommy know anything about golf? God, Tommy knows nothing about golf. He knows less about golf than you know. Coulter, about Coulter, don't you Day. speak for me? Okay, okay, Wait, okay, no, okay. Does Tommy, he, Tommy, does he okay. know less about golf than I do music? Oh man, I don't uh, know if that's possible. Absolutely not. So let's just. What would you guess on a par seventy two course? What would you guess like the course record is? I don't even know how to answer that question. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't. Exactly. Okay. Sixty seven is the yeah. Course only record so there. only five under. Right. Like, that is not and, very And this low. is a course where prestigious big-time players are yeah, playing Yeah, Lucas Glover, it. like, it's a, a pro that has the record. Like, right, right. So that so it's a tough course. And, like, all, on all the shots, like, if you if you miss it and go into the the, the, the crap, like, you're you're done. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was tough. Like, Bryson couldn't – he hit, like, three out of ten fairways. Um, he was all, shanking that all over the place. But I thought, okay, one – it looked awesome on TV. Like I was kind of worried because I was worried about. I don't want people from out of Montana. Okay, seeing see, Montana I was going to mention this. See, I know, and you were all like, you know, talk about that beforehand. And yeah, I just think it's like a. I don't know. I thought it was cool. Well, here's the thing. If you, I, if I you, get it. I get you, it. If you watched it yesterday and you want to move to Big Sky, go for it. I hope you have ten million dollars to live there because it is the most expensive place on earth. Yeah, um, but no, because a lot of times, like. You know, and in working in the TV business, um, a lot of times, like, places just, uh, it doesn't do it justice on how it looks on TV compared to in person. And, man, some of the, the scenic shots and everything were just amazing. So, it looked really cool. It took a long time. Be slow. Um, and, I don't know, there's a lot of people complaining about it on, on Twitter, but I thought it was, like, pretty great. Well, that was part of the TV show of it, right? They need to play slow. Because yeah. they have to have the cutaways for the cameos and stuff. And yeah, yeah. But like, it was a little more casual too, right? I mean, there was moments where like Brady missed a putt and then rolled a ball out there and hit it again, just just to you know see what it's like, kind of like we would do when we're just playing on a Tuesday yeah. or whatever. I mean, I think I think that there's certain things that they can do to jazz it up a little bit. I mean, Phil Mickelson is a, is absolutely incredible at this thing. Like he is oh, like yeah. made for TV. He was running the whole show. Like there were times where like like Rogers and Brady had their like had their bits that they knew that they were going to say, they kind of like saved and things like that. And Bryson was just kind of awkward, um, which actually like didn't make it for like terrible TV because you're just like, it was just interesting to see how he was handling that because, you know, there's just so much made about him and, and what he's like as a person and things like that, that it was kind of just, you're just like watching to see like how he would handle certain situations. But like 
the guys would like give him some flack and like he almost like didn't know how to handle it. Like it was just, and there were some awkward moments. It, it makes you wonder. Like I, I think it'd be cool if they added, if they made it like a three or a four person kind of a, a scramble deal, and they brought in some some more guys. Like because Rodgers and Brady were fine and have good some good you know personality, but there's certainly guys that I think would be better. And there's so many guys other than Bryson that would have been a lot better. It, there's guys that are better from a quarterback perspective, but not more popular. And that's a criticism of the American public, but the American public is fully compelled by guys like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, yeah, which, like, which drives me crazy. See, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you added like um, if you added a third member that doesn't have to be good at golf, like they're kind of there just for the for the entertainment factor, you know? Like, yeah, you know who I want on there? Trent Dilfer. Do you know Trent Dilfer is like an uh, unbelievable golfer? He's he's like scratch. He's won multiple pro ams. But see, that's the thing though. Nobody like who cares about Trent Dilfer being on there. Like, not very many people know who well, that. More people that know even who is. Trent Dilfer is than Bryson DeChambeau. From a greater American uh, sporting viewing public, no question. Because Trent Dilfer's yeah. on the NFL Network. He's analyzing quarterbacks. He's got his NFL podcast. But I don't think even people though that like most fo- people don't watch golf like us, man. But I don't. <laughs> but I don't think that. Even NFL people though care about like the per the personality of him and right. like being like, Ooh, I want to know what Trent Dilfer's like out on a golf course. Sure. Like you need to just have like more dynamic personalities. Like get some NBA, you know, guys in there, get some, you know, baseball guys in there. See, like, I just think of most of the NBA guys wouldn't do it. That's the point though. Like they could right. be bad. They don't have to be good though. Like just get two guys on because if you make it a four person scramble, there's no pressure on anybody. And then so you could just have guys that actually aren't good at golf. That would be a part of it. And they're just there to like, you know, talk some smack and like add some personality to it all. You know what I mean? Um, I think, I think, you know, that would be cool. But like there were some like really, one of the funniest moments was, you know, because DeChambeau is kind of known as like this scientist guy, right? Sure. Analyzes everything. And so Phil, like. Bryson's like doing his thing on the putting green. He's like walking around the, the hole and like throwing up his, you know, just doing all of his science numbers and stuff. And so Phil was like, hey, walk us through what you're doing. And though he does this whole clock thing. He's like, well, there's 12 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 8 o'clock. I think we're about 8 o'clock and the step meter is about a 3 and the slope is, is a, you know, 110. And so if you do that, then it's 12 inches off the left side of the bow. And he's like running through all these numbers and like going through the whole thing. Like, and it was pretty fascinating. And then they go to Aaron Rodgers and they're asking him about it. He's in the cart just looking like totally confused on his face. And they're like, I think your face says it all, but like, what did you think about that whole process? And he's just like, you know, sometimes I make fun of our coaches because they just make things way too complicated. <laughs> he's like, and I appreciate what he does, but I kind of like how Phil's more of a feel player, you yeah, know, like, and yeah. it's just like, it's like, there was like moments like that, that were, that were pretty like fascinating. This is a, a, a such an interesting iteration to professional golf and the spectacle of it. Cause I do think it appeals way more to common fans, people that aren't, you know, into golf per oh, I, se. I watch way, but I'm into golf, and I watch more of that than right any other golf tournament. That's like maybe not the last day of a major because it's 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 the it's the human interaction, it's the entertainment part of, part of it. it, right? Yeah, I also think there's a a very compelling hook to one watching some of the best in the world like Bryson DeChambeau and Phil Mickelson play courses that they've never played before, but two watching elite athletes then struggle. And that was what Twitter was all about yesterday. There was a couple times when somebody, I think it was Brady had a shot out of the rough and he just chunked it. And everybody on Twitter was like, oh, I've never been able to relate to a Super Bowl yeah. champion more. That That's where it gets you because you see these, it makes you realize that 
Seriously, everybody, even Bryson DeChambeau can suck at golf at certain points, even if you're the you know the reigning U.S. Open champion, some of the best in the world. Yeah, no, he had a shot where they were like only like a foot off and kind of in the rough, and he was trying to like go, you know, maybe I don't know, 150 yards through the rough and over into everything, and he just like just smashed it right back into you know the rough. It was like a terrible shot, and uh, it was those moments are are always. Uh, you know, cool to see, but yeah, Bryce, it was interesting. I, I would say that I came away with it. I mean, I already like Phil, but even more of a Phil fan. And I, I'm not like this whole, you know, Brooks versus Bryson thing. I almost like kind of feel bad for Bryson. Cause I think he's like kind of made to be the heel of this whole thing. It's good so, what sports needs. More yeah, exa- heels. exactly. And so I was like, you know, but I actually like, I don't know if Bryson's like that bad of a guy or anything, but I don't know if I came away liking Bryson anymore than, you know, or like he was just kind of like in, eh. Phil Mickelson has changed his reputation more than most, most athletes. I think that he has come full circle. He's been the all American dad that was just like betting on the three putts. All he's been that since he was young. And now that he's old, his personality fits his archetype, so to speak. And, and so it's been a fascinating evolution. I didn't really like Phil Mickelson. Uh, in his no. younger days, and now I love him. I think he's hilarious. I think that his swashbuckling style, he he is one of the great golfers in PGA Tour history, but I think that in terms of just the guy that's carrying around a wad of cash in his pocket that's just going to say double or nothing on the golf course, he's like the greatest well, ever. It took, him, it took him winning majors and having that yes. success to, to just be, let it rip. be more comfortable in his own skin. Because yes. like, there was like that long period of time where like, he was under a lot of pressure because he could never get it done. And then once he's gotten that done and proven it to himself, and I think actually winning the PGA this year has like totally just been like, oh, I don't, I don't give a bleep about anything. I'm just right. gonna like talk as much, you know, smack well, as right. I want, and blah blah. And so he was like giving it to Bryson, like because he outdrove him on like the on the the. The, the, the 777 yeah, downhill Yeah, hole. because he hit it in the fairway, and Bryson couldn't do it. And he was just like, you know, just give him a whole bunch of flack. And, you know, he was uh, it was it was great. Phil was awesome. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. A couple newsworthy things from around the state of Montana. We'll highlight those as part of our Treasure State Stars Redux. Keep it right here. ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home ESPN Radio with special guest Sean Rainey. What's up, Montana? Thanks so much for hanging out. Welcome back. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Sean Rainey from SWX joining me, 
Coulter Nuanas in studio. Missy thing in the show. You can always find all of it on the podcast. We heard from Noah Borchardt. He's a outstanding senior from Huntley Project and uh, heading to Colorado to run his college track. Also had some trivia, talked some name, image, and likeness. Had a great interview with Montana State football strength and conditioning coach Sean Heron. And also talked a little bit about the match yesterday in Big Sky. All that on the podcast presented proudly Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sports Bet Montana. Yesterday we sort of flew through our Treasure State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. So we're going to do that. We're going to rehash this just a little bit because I wanted to give a little bit more love to some of the great performances from around the state uh, over the last uh, week or so. Treasure State star number one, Claire Kovach. She's a three-time Class C discus champion from Sealy Swan. She was named the Montana Gatorade Girls Track and Field Athlete of the Year this last year. She won her third straight discus title and threatened a couple team, uh, or excuse me, uh, all-class state records. Uh, she ranked in the top 20 in the country with in the discus throw through almost 160 feet. She is taking her talents to Colorado State, so pretty impressive for a Class C kid. Treasure State star number two, a trio of Hellgate runners, Kenzie May, Ignatius Fitzgerald, and Sage Brooks. All three of those runners competed at the NSAF Outdoor National Championship meet this last weekend and uh, all had some great performances. So very cool for that group of Missoula Hellgate stars to be on the national stage. Noah Borchard, who joined us for our tra- for our uh, senior spotlight, excuse me, uh, he recently committed to the University of Colorado. He's a standout jumper, hurdler, and javelin thrower, and uh, he's going to concentrate on the hurdles and high jump initially uh, for the Pac-12 buffs. But congratulations to Noah Borchard for getting his college decision figured out. Treasure State star number five, uh, number four, excuse me, Martin Iasefo. Uh, Martin Iasefo is a former University of Montana student and a former Missoula Maggots rugby player. Uh, he also played for the UM Jesters team. He qualified for the United States Olympic team, second trip to the Olympics for Martin Iasefo. So I have a message into him. Hopefully he will join us sooner than later here on Nuanas. Now, Church State star number five, Lindsey Hall. One of the great athletes to come out of the city of Missoula, a multiple-time state champion at Missoula Big Sky, a multiple-time Big Sky champion at uh, University of Montana, one of the great heptathletes in the history of the Big Sky Conference. She returns home to her home city of Missoula as a track and field coach on Clint May's first staff. So Lindsey Hall, Missoula product, on her way home. Parkside Credit Union, proud supporter of youth athletics and amateur athletics across the state of Montana. Parkside Credit Union is one of the best places in all of Missoula to get a loan. They love to say yes. Tomorrow's show, Sam Alford, three-star wide receiver who's committed to the University of Montana football team, will join us, as will Sadie Henderson, formerly uh, a Corvallis standout who then ran at Boise State, who is now... Uh, who just recently competed in the United States Olympic track and field uh, trials. And then our good friend Carolyn will swing by as well. So some good guests for you tomorrow as well. Thanks to Sean for coming in. I missed you, man. Thanks for uh, for being here again, as you always are. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sean will be back next Wednesday. I'll be back tomorrow at 4 p.m. So uh, we will look forward to all of that. I'm starting to scheme a bunch of stuff for college football as well. I'm getting excited for the return of football. So we'll have a lot of Grizz and Bobcat football talk, including that interview with Sam Alford tomorrow. So check back in with us. And until then, it's cooling down a little bit. Keep enjoying your summer because I know everybody is eating it up like they always do around Montana. Nuana's now 1029 ESPN Missoula. We'll be back at 4 p.m. tomorrow. We'll see you then. In the meantime, be good. I've been watching. 
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.